0: today i love libraries get your glasses get your quiet voice on yes Shh. <laughs> i think my sister called my aesthetic a uh, library
1: is that that could go either way is that an insult
0: i don't think so oh nice okay like i look like a librarian sometimes i'm down with it you know i actually used to like work in the library in elementary school wait that's child labor (laughs) no no like it was like a volunteer thing during recess you could go and like be part of the library crew oh that's lit yeah it was great and I learned the Dewey Decimal System and I would restock books during my lunch my recess that's really sweet
1: yeah my mom worked in a library for a little bit she got really into it like she would help kids find like resources she worked at a high school so a lot of kids were trying to find what career they want so they'd go and ask her and they're like, hey, miss, like, can you find me a book like this? And she would spend like, they would come back the next day and she'd have three or four books. She's like, okay, I was thinking that maybe you like this, you like this, and they loved her for it. Like, she was helping them so much with like, um, getting ready for college, you know, testing books, and then she'd even buy them manga. Oh, wow. Yeah, like, she did great. Like, she would just kind of help the librarian. She doesn't have a library degree, but she was probably one of the best librarians, I think. (laughs) That's really cool. Okay. Yeah. how did we get here on the topic of libraries? Oh yeah, the book I was reading was called *A City Is Not a Computer*, and you're like, "What does that have to do with libraries?" I'm like, uh, "Da da." Yeah. Um, so the book is actually a reference to another book by Christopher Alexander, and he. A city
0: is a computer. Just kidding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he wrote it in 1965, so not quite. Um, the book was called *A City Is Not a Tree*, and so in his book, he was explaining. So say we lived on a highway. We lived kind of on a small road that fed into a highway. Okay. And then on this highway, at the end of the highway, is the central town. So where you have a hospital and, like, your grocery store and everything you need is down the highway. But we live separated from it. So it's, like, we have to get on the highway to go places. Okay. And so he was arguing that's not actually how you want to design cities. So if you look at Paris or, like, London, they have these like nodes, and you want your city to be networked. Does am am I losing you here? It's better with visuals, honestly. It, yeah, I'm kind of imagining it like a like a. It could be a literal tree. So you're yeah. at like one end of the branch, and you're trying to get to the star on top of a Christmas tree. You have to go up. It doesn't have to look like a literal tree, but so you
0: don't want it to look like a tree from profile. You want it to look like a tree from the top down. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Uh, well, no, actually, you want it to be disassociated, so you want networks, so you want... Right, it's not
0: a tree. A city is not a tree. A
1: city is not a tree. It has trees, but it it shouldn't look like a tree. So you should have everything you need in your neighborhood block, so you don't have to use the same road as I want everyone else to, like, congest everyone going, say, like, downtown. So that would one theory would be, like, so in Paris, if you're going to the store, you would go to the corner store that was like on the first floor of your building and you would have live on like the third or fourth floor or whatever of a walk up. Yeah. Sounds super easy. Yeah. And then you're say there's a smaller hospital around and in your schools nearby suits, so it makes it more walkable and more accessible. So he's advocating for like a network design. I love that. that yeah. great. Right. And so, and two, I think this book was written in uh, 2021. Shannon Mattern from a city is not a computer is making a similar argument. She's like, we can't, say that cities are going to be using like all this like all this like technology or like surveillance apps video cameras like using all these like algorithms or what what have you that like techosphere like bullshit words um to try to make your city better so a lot of cities so take new york um they have a lot of surveillance cameras and so you're like oh this is going to solve everything but you're like how is is, this i'm
0: like what is everything that you're trying to solve with the surveillance camera
1: say like crime and then it's just evidence tracking yeah so you store massive amounts of data about your city and you're collecting it but you can't actually do anything (laughs) using technology or the way americans view technology which is like computers (laughs) and like storing and surveilling and like using kind of things that would be like a computer so you're like oh yeah I'm to make things like appify it or like you know just trying to make things connect to some kind of technology to make it more futuristic isn't mm-hmm. actually worthwhile for cities okay because cities don't rely on like say you had this way to like like automate something Elon Musk does this a lot so say you have he wants to build something called a hyperloop and like it's it's a vacuum thing, you know, at the bank when you could put something in that tubes? those vacuum tubes. Yeah, he yeah. wanted to build one underground, and he said it was going to be super fast, and he was going to use like for? like say you were going from LA to like Seattle.
0: I want to go from LA to Seattle in a vacuum tube.
1: Right, you yeah. it, there's an allure in that. It's, yeah, it, there's, sounds, it cool. sounds cool, right? And it uses this futuristic t- technology, and it uses a massive amounts of like say it drives itself, and it's like you know and he wants to do this but really the thing he built in LA was like an underground tunnel for cars which we've been making for years if not decades and so but it's different because he did it uh I don't <laughs> like <laughs> him
0: <laughs> okay <laughs> sorry I have no opinion I just thought it would be funny to <laughs> that's his reasoning yeah and that's so I'm assuming
1: trying to use like Technology to make a quote-unquote futuristic city doesn't actually work because this technology doesn't work like that. Like, I looked it up, and you can't use an air brake, so you would have to use an extremely expensive um, electric magnetic brake for this little vacuum Hyperloop Whoa. tube. yeah. Yeah, and so it costs, like, like, two, like, several more million dollars, maybe two million, three million more dollars just to brake, and it yeah. goes up to, like, I think, 700 miles per hour, which is cool.
0: I also feel like I was ima- I was ima- imagine with me. <laughs> Pneumatic tube underground from L.A. to Seattle. That's a lot of land. You know what's on the Pacific coast? Pacific Ring of Fire. What does that have to do with this? Continental drift. Tectonic plate movements. That's a lot of tube over a lot of land to be shifted around. Like...
1: Yeah. He also wants to build in other places, but I just said that place. Um, I know. I'm just saying, like... No, that's dangerous. Um, Also, they have earthquakes. But um, so one of the things people, critics of this, like, you're trying to use this, like, great technology, but things pragmatically come up in the way. Say the tube broke down halfway through in the vacuum tube. How do you evacuate? You're underground. You're in a tube. You're stuck. There's so many issues with this. Yeah, it's so many issues. But so Shannon Mattern, she doesn't use this example. Hers mostly is like um, surveillance, like using computers to try to make a smart city, quote unquote, smart city. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't make the city smart at all. You're just kind of creating like... It just makes more steps. Yeah, like more non-steps that lead to nowhere too. Your data collection can't help homeless people or like your housing situation. Anyway, so what does? Yeah.
0: Libraries.
1: Yes. <gasps> okay. <laughs>
0: I, I, wild guess because her theme is libraries.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it's so funny because she talks about a lot about the structure of the city and she's making these beautiful arguments about how, yeah, like you can't use, like, quote unquote, smart technology to actually make your city more stable or reliable or, and in any way, like. I think technology is inherently, like, unstable. The way we view technology, technology, though, the definition has gotten very specific, but it used to be, like, say, a coat that you could wear during the winter. That's technology. Yeah. Yeah. Very stable technology. Right. But digital Oh those coats that um heat themselves. They're basically like electric blankets and you're I want one. Yeah, I feel like but those can overheat. Like they can break. Anyway, (laughs) I digress. So Shannon Mattern is making argument that so she was saying what is the heart of the city? It's not the government, it's not the courthouse, it's not like, the infrastructure, like, what would you consider the heart of the city? And she was like, libraries. Libraries actually do a lot for the city. I have not really thought about that much before, but especially as of, yeah, I could, I can see that. Right, because they provide a lot more programs, so as programs get shut down, um, funding decreases in other places, libraries pick up a lot of slack that other things can't, so they'll do, like, uh, technology literacy for elder elderly. Mm-hmm. They'll do a lot of homeless support because um, homeless people will go to pu- public libraries to connect, chart their phone, uh, they'll seek shelter from the weather. There's just like a lot of support. Like I joined my library here. You can have like a New York Times subscription. They have a code for that. I am learning Spanish. They have a language learning program online. That's and cool. so they do a lot of stuff. They yeah, provide. I a- helped
0: uh, facilitate a creative coding club at the library yeah last year and then it's been cool
1: yeah it's a cool library yeah they do a lot of things and we live kind of in a small town so like bigger libraries like the central library in like a bigger city they would do a lot more programs and they do a lot to help people they'll do like help people set up internet a lot of outreach and a lot of education for the community and Mm -hmm. sometimes they'll even buy like 3d printers and make like a little thinker yeah fab labs and things like that yeah exactly so they actually provide a lot of community support where you're not there's a knitting circle at our library and there's also like HVAC classes like if you want to get into like AC repair see that's really cool and you wouldn't really find this anywhere else in your government like your city government or in your community and so that's what makes libraries like especially special
0: there's kind of like this magical feeling when I think about libraries Did
1: you you say that earlier? Oh, yeah. The first time I went to my library in my hometown where I I grew up, I I thought it was so magical. So my library is actually part of the community college there. And so it's a pretty big library. It has computers. And as soon as I walked in, I went up the stairs and I was like, oh, my God, all this stuff is just like, it was nice to be somewhere where you don't have to buy anything. Like, yeah. Like, because I grew up in Houston, and so everywhere you have to kind of go through that cringe of, like, "I I have to pay for this. This is a service, and, like, this is capitalism. But when you're at a library, it's, like, it's wholesome, and it's a gift. It's not something you have to be worthy of through, like, financial means. So it really is a gift to the community. And so being there, I'm like, oh, my God, there's all these books I could read and I could check out and the computers and, like, people there are so nice and, like, it's awesome. And there's even, like, beanbag chairs you can read. There's just, like, so many services for you and people try to provide things for you, you know, to, for your, like, wellness. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I really liked being there. I see the magic of it.
0: Now that you've said that and I started thinking about it, I was like, yeah, I'm my- a magicals are really library you know and <laughs> I felt that sentence going wrong and I just went with it <laughs> but um yeah like I, I had a really good experience with libraries growing up too um because I I loved the library I as a kid they had like a summer reading program and you could read a certain amount of books in the summer and they would give you prizes and there was, like, small prizes along the way, and then there was, like, a larger prize at the end of the reading challenge and, or reading program. And you'd get, like, baseball tickets to, like, the, the baseball game. And that's my mom would, like, encourage us all so that we could all go to the baseball game as a family. And, like, she would just have to buy tickets. I have five siblings, so there were six of us growing up, and so that was, like, major help to my mom. If not, we wouldn't have been able to go to things like that
1: right yeah they have so many cool things and um you know not obviously not every library can do as much heavy lifting but a lot of them do and like it's uh amazing that we have libraries in the first place because I was reading this thing online that's just like if you tried to if we didn't have libraries and until 2020 or like 2023 people would have been like the government would have been like what you want to spend money for free books and like no, that's stupid, but, you know, like, trying yeah. to piss well, okay, people so, nowadays.
0: Uh, I don't know about, like, all libraries, but uh, the community college I went to, and at, at this university, too, like, they have decreased the amount of books that they actually have in the library. Like, there's a whole floor of the library here at school, at the school that has no books on it.
1: Yeah, no. Libraries have shifted focus in the past decade because of these, like, um, you know, three D printing and like other services offering. Oh, actually, yeah. There's two whole floors that have no books. Exactly. Well, uh, they, I, they still have the books. So- no, they don't have books anymore. Anna. You can, no, but you can go online. I even, I no, got a Anna, book from. <laughs> a book online is not a book in No, my hand. Oh, no, sorry. I, um, <laughs> I I requested a book that wasn't in our library, oh. and then uh, they got, they found a library uh, in a couple towns away, and they were able to share it with me, and so I, was, I got a loan from, of this book through the library, and so I went to the front desk, and they gave it to me. So they're, oh, wow. Yeah, they're still able to, like, negotiate with other libraries. It's awesome. Yeah, no,
0: and they have archives. I was being, I was exaggerating. Oh, uh, yeah, at the I university.
1: The <laughs> no, at the university I was at, there was, um, so the main public library, the main library on campus didn't have a lot of books either, but then you would go into these rooms and different floors and they would be, they would call, they were called the stacks and like they were full of books and it was a creepy room because there was no windows and it was like so much metal Ooh. and I was like, I feel like I could get locked in here. So a lot of the libraries, yeah, they'll have the books, but they'll just kind of store them in different places. One of the things uh, I really like about um, this library I used to go to was they would have a seed bank, and so you could get um, seeds for your garden, or I just kept them on pots on my patio, but I was able to grow um, a lot. Like, you can grow celery and, like, carrots. I'm growing broccoli from that. Mm-hmm. And, and I You thought said peanuts. Oh, yeah, yeah, peanuts. I grew peanuts. Um, what? It froze, so I don't know if I yeah. actually grew them, but... It, it died, but yeah, I, you can get a lot of stuff from the library, and like, you know, when people are like, oh, gardening's expensive, that actually helped a lot, and like,
0: that does cut down on a lot of cost,
1: right, and not that seed seeds costs. are,
0: seeds are like the least expensive part of
1: it, yeah, but if you had a yard or something, also when people are moving, they'll, like, especially apartments, they'll get rid of bags of soil I've gotten some from people moving before so wow. yeah if you actually look I had it. to get
0: rid of I was growing a poblano on my patio and I moved and I couldn't fit the, the pot with the plant and the, and the moving oh. and I lost it I don't know where it went oh
1: dang yeah but yeah if our if our library had a seed bank that would be a great opportunity to like oh, when you also it, it feeds itself too so I got Seeds from something, so when I get more seeds from my plant, like my broccoli, to the library. yeah, I could return I them that. to the library. I mean, that would help me out because I got a
0: ton of basil seeds. That I have no idea what to do with.
1: Yeah, you could put yeah. them in the library, and then you could get something else. So it's like a it's a beautiful gift you can give each other, you yeah, know, in in the library. So, yeah, that's why I think it's, a, it's an it's amazing place that just offers a lot of like. It's it's just, like, a wholesome resource I can use.
0: Yeah, I think we just learned something, too, about how we're both plant people. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's a joke, because I knew that. (laughs) (laughs) If you go to Anna's apartment, not that I recommend that anybody listening do that, (laughs) except for Eric. You can come in, Eric. (laughs) (laughs) If you walk up the stairs, there's literally a plant on every step.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't have a patio in my new apartment, so I just put them up all the staircase, and then... I like it, though. Everyone else seems to like it, too. It's really cool. In my little really neighborhood.
0: Like. It reminds me of this novella that I watched, uh, this Colombian novella. And, like, it just had tons of plants in it. It's just part of the culture. Like, they just have plants everywhere.
1: I love that. Yeah. What was it called?
0: Uh, Nuevo Rico, Nuevo Pobre.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah. New Rich, New Poor.
0: Yeah.
1: Ooh. It's on Netflix. <laughs> oh, cool. I me check it's, it out.
0: It was in it was very dramatic.
1: (laughs) Oh, that reminds me. Uh, So I joined my library. And so I did two things. I joined Libby, that app. Um, Thank you for telling me about that, by the way. If you guys don't have Libby and
0: you do have a library card, download this app. It's amazing.
1: Or if you don't have a library card, go and get a library card. They're awesome.
0: It was my incentive to get a library card, actually, because I really wanted to listen to audiobooks, but they're expensive to like buy and like how much I consume media
1: Mm -hmm. yeah don't do it specifically
0: audio media like oh my goodness this is saving me so much money because you can check out audiobooks through this app
1: yeah don't do what's the yeah there's tons of audible yeah don't do that do Libby because I've um you can look on Libby on audiobooks that don't have a wait list. like they're like you know rent now yeah. and you can do filters on things that are available now through you know it's not perfect but it's a free app so yeah and um, you can
0: also join the waitlist for like really popular titles
1: exactly and it's awesome and then um yeah I was able to get through two books and like that, now I can do the episodes on the books I read like I saved Whoa. so much time <laughs> yeah so um not that this is an advertisement for Libby, but it's a great resource to have, and it puts more you know power back to you, which is knowledge and you know saved resources on your part. Like it would just use your data and I guess internet.
0: Yeah, that is the downside of it. I've noticed is that you can't really download. I think
1: it downloaded though because when I'm driving, yeah. I can use it. Oh. I didn't have internet for a while,
0: and I couldn't listen to any of the books. Anyway.
1: Oh, actually, so they do use internet. I thought you could download them. But, yeah, my sister told me about Libby, and so I was like. My aunt told me about it years ago, and
0: she, she does it all the time. She's a big fan of the library. She also has a lot of kids. So libraries are great assets for people who have a lot of children and also people who are children and also people who don't have children. Libraries are great for people.
1: Right, Uh, especially if you have disabilities, because most Braille books are extremely expensive. So, yeah, mostly parents will rent them from the library, you know, sorry, borrow them from the library. And then, um, yeah, so you have plenty of things to keep reading, you know, because it would would be so expensive. If you already have a disabled kid or a kid with a disability, then you can't afford getting these resources. So the library helps a lot. It's amazing right and another thing libraries can get you your library card is like movies like um i was looking at um this this like independent film that was made Mm -hmm. um partly for the research i'm doing at at my university and um i didn't want to pay the 20 bucks because i was like i could but like this is for school and so i could through my library card like go on canopy and then it's just renting for free it's awesome. Oh, wow. So Yeah, there's tons of educational stuff that's free there. That's really cool.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? And, like, you can even have, like, they're not always newer movies, but, like, older movies like rom-coms are on there, too. So it's just, like, a lot of good stuff. Sweet. Yeah, so cancel your Netflix, get some Canopy with your library card. <laughs> okay. Just kidding. But if you cancel,
0: you can't watch the Colombian novella.
1: <laughs> that might be on there, though. Is it older? It is actually older. It's 2007. Ah, It might. I'm going to
0: look it up. Oh, my goodness. Just kidding. Ever 2007. (laughs) (laughs) No, you can tell, like, they upgrade, like, video equipment throughout the whole thing. I started watching it with my... This is way too much detail about this novella, but I started watching it with my mom and dad around Christmas last year. Oh, nice. And we got so hooked. Like, it was so cold outside, we didn't want to do anything pretty much, like, for four days straight, we just watched this novella, like, (laughs) episode after episode. I think I left my mom's house on, like, episode 40.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Aren't they mostly, like, 80
0: episodes? This one was, like, over 100.
1: Oh, okay. I think I've only watched, like, maybe, like, two novellas in my life, and one of them was Jane the Virgin. (laughs) This was literally the only novella I've ever watched. Really? Yeah.
0: Nice. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. My mom and I would call each other and talk about, like, the characters.
1: (laughs) Oh, I did that? Okay. I, I do that with a lot of stuff with my sisters. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, course. okay.
0: I have this question, this burning question since we started talking about libraries. What is their first recorded library Library, and how long have they been,
1: like, common in cities? I think it wasn't it Benjamin Franklin who advocated for li- libraries because he was an avid reader. He had a big library collection. I also did no research before this about that, but I'm okay. <laughs> well, I, I, cause I learned this in school a long time ago and I'm, I'm pretty sure Benjamin Franklin like made, um, public libraries.
0: Ask, whoa. That'd be really cool if he did, but I'm going to ask the Googs. Yeah, me too. Wait, what are you asking?
1: Okay. The first public library in the U S is contested, but there's a generally accepted an- answers. So, um, the library company of Philadelphia, founded in um, 1731 by Benjamin Franklin hey. is yeah is one of the first. So um, but yeah, he was an avid reader. He had a huge library collection. A lot of people back then, yeah, if you're rich enough, you would kind of have a big library, uh, a private one. And so luckily Benjamin Franklin does care a lot about community and like education. So um, yeah, he' tried Whoa. to make libraries public. I don't think he patented he any actually, of his inventions, too. So he really cared about giving people resources. Wow. So
0: that, that library company of Philadelphia, that was a private library, and you had to be a member. But the first public library was established in 1833 in Peterborough, New Hampshire.
1: Oh, nice. Okay. So Benjamin Franklin. In the world. In the world? That's what I'm seeing. That actually checks out. Yeah, I think we were one of the first public library systems. Way
0: to go, America. That's really cool. Right? Oh, no, that's not entirely true. (laughs) Okay, there we go. The first modern
1: library. Oh, so like the Library of Alexandria... Yeah, the, I can't (laughs)
0: pronounce this. I wish I could, but it's a library in Fez. Morocco is the oldest continuously running library dating back to 859 AD. That sounds like about more what I was expecting. So I was actually kind of shocked when it was saying that, like.
1: That actually makes sense, though, because if it was in Morocco, um, it definitely had, like, some Greek influence, Roman influence, because the Library of Alexandria was um, in the same, like, latitude. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that was in, um. Alexandria, Egypt, and then it's so cool. I love Egypt. I've never been there. I really enjoy the history. We should do an episode on some of the stuff in that there.
0: Really Cool. Yeah. I have this really romanticized like notion of Egypt from film and like the history and all of that. But
1: oh, yeah. So no, their history is so cool. I went to the King Tut Museum and mm-hmm. uh, recently and during uh, the winter break and it was really cool. Wow. Yeah, like, um, just, like, how they view religion and, like, even the material goods they had in his tomb. It was mostly about his tomb because it was the 100th anniversary of um, discovering it. So it it was really cool, just kind of the stuff he has. And, like, you know, material objects haven't actually changed that much from today.
0: Alexander the Great's tomb has not been discovered, has it? I'm trying to remember. I watched this documentary about...
1: Anyway... That's his, too off subject. Oh, his dad's tomb was discovered. That's how they have one of the earliest depictions of him. He's, like, a young man. Yay. Okay, so I think libraries. his dad's name was Paul. Paul. <laughs> Paul. I, wait, don't don't call me. <laughs> we might have to cut that out. Anyway, so anything else you got about libraries? I just really like them.
0: I actually have this. I like them so much for, like, my whole life. Um, I've... <laughs> been called a nerd before can you believe that um but I have this like super vivid memory of this one summer in Arizona I was like a teenager at the time and I was like doing that public library like public library reading program uh once you hit a certain age I think it was like 13 just for the teens they give you movie tickets at the end of the program instead of the baseball tickets Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So it was like a way for me to go to the movies with my friends um, because I would be like, let's all do it. And then like one of the, some of the prizes along the way were like, uh, popcorn vouchers and things like that, like smaller things. So you're able to go to the movies like with snacks for free for reading like 30 books or whatever it was. And I was an avid reader from like a very young age. And so, um, my mom was out of town and I really wanted to go hang out with my friends, so we decided to go meet at the library. And so I was walking, and it was like 115 degrees outside, and my shoes started melting to the sidewalk. And I walked to the library, and then we hung out there for like a long time. And then that was the first time that anyone ever hit on me in my entire life. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my God!
0: At the library. <laughs> um and there was like I think it was like part of like the community center too like was right next to the library so like we had walked across and we were renting this like uh it was a Wii at you know like one of the old ones I oh, no, I have one the of the fr- old ones. one of the first ones yeah oh yeah um you could like check them out and so like we went and we like we're plugging it into the tv we're getting ready to like play video games and this guy came up and he was like oh let me help you with that and I was like I know, I know how this works. (laughs) Like, I was so offended. (laughs) And then he was like, he got mad because I like, was so like, I was so like, obtuse. Obtuse. Yeah. I had no idea what was going on. (laughs) Like the strangers coming up to me, insulting me, thinking that I can't plug in a gaming system.
1: (laughs) Okay. That's how, you know, he doesn't know how, he doesn't have any game. Like he could have been nice about it. Right.
0: He was nice about it.
1: Oh, okay. I
0: was just like, but he was like trying to help me when I was already doing it for myself. And I was like, what are you doing, bro? Like, post up. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> no, anyway. um, And then we were walking back and we got cupcakes. Or, no, it was cookies. We got cookies. Because um, her mom worked at the grocery store that was, like, on the way back to my house.
1: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I couldn't now. walk anywhere I in my hometown. remember how hot it was.
0: Oh, it wasn't, like, the most walkable. Like, there was sidewalks, but it, Um, I don't even, I think we walked through the desert at some point. <laughs> That's, like, the benefit of the desert, though. Like, a lot of my childhood stories involve, like, we walked through the desert, and then, you know, going to my friend's house. And then we walked through the desert, and it was a
1: shortcut. That sounds just so whimsical. It does. (laughs) Sorry. I was, like, post-apocalyptic whimsical, and I was, like, same thing. like.
0: Not really, because it was, like, small patches of desert. Oh, okay. Like, runoff land and stuff like that. It's just, like, you know how, like, nature here... Like, oh, I
1: got you. Yeah, that's your nature.
0: Yeah, it was just nature. Desert. It was just like a little, yeah. But it's the desert, oh, so it sounds patch. a little bit like more intense.
1: <laughs> yeah, some like horn-toed frogs there, and they're like, No, there were jackrabbits. So I think or oh. rabbits.
0: Yeah. Oh, and, oh, that's good. Yeah, lots of memories in the desert.
1: <laughs> yeah. I could just imagine you as a little desert owl making a home in some cactus. <laughs> You're like. That's me.
0: <laughs> okay, I also didn't think saguaro cactuses were, like, anything too special. Like, I grew up with them. Like, I knew that they were special. Like, we learned about them in school and all this stuff. Um, but I was just like, well, yeah.
1: What? Yeah, I've never really even seen one. Maybe once when I drove through that area, but... They were all over the place. They were what? in my neighborhood. They were everywhere. Wait, so can you explain why they're special? Like,
0: are they just, like, They a only great... grow in that region. Oh, that's cool. Like, in the, in the world. And then they grow... Um, it takes, I think, five to ten years for them to grow an arm. Like, they grow straight up, round, and then when they grow an arm, that's indicative of age. And so the more arms they have, the older they are.
1: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Can the arms fall off and make a new, like, cactus?
0: I'm sure they can. I don't know that they do often. Okay, that's
1: good to know. I just, yeah, I don't know much about them, actually. Because, yeah, I, I didn't grow up in Arizona, so.
0: Oh, yeah. And then, I mean, like, I'm probably, I, I need to do some research before I'm, like, super confident about all my facts, because, you know, it's been no, a minute.
1: Well, there's, yeah, like, for a while. multiple ways of knowing, too. Like, your lived experience is also valuable.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, like, in school, we, like, also, like, went and stood around a cactus during, like, class time, and our teacher said, this is a saguaro. And, like, this is how it works, and animals will drink it. like drink the cactus (laughs) no but like like they'll like um that was why the they were explaining why like cactuses have like needles and to keep out like animals because they store a lot of water in their in their flesh I don't know what to call it yeah Um, it's a
1: it's a type of like succulent so they do store a lot of water
0: yeah they store a lot of water and so like because it's the desert if it's drought um animals will try and like get to the water within the saguaro which is also what they told us is that if you're ever like dehydrated that's a source of water you can like if you have a knife you can cut a piece out and drink some water from the inside of the cactus but you're also not supposed to do that yeah like there's enough civilization that you shouldn't really go that long without water and then also like we were this was like also another thing like we always kept water in our car but my mom would freeze water bottles like she would freeze a bunch of water bottles and then you'd go about your errands and then by the time you're done they're all defrosted <laughs> <It's> so hot
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah oh yeah my mom would do that too she would always have like a container and she wouldn't put a top on it it would just be like a huge cup and I would just like you're playing with like danger Oh my because if you take a turn I could see it kind of like rising to the top but you know she didn't fill it up all the way because she okay. you know she does this all the time but I was like dang yeah no my mom's a my mom's
0: a little bit of a prepper too so I don't know how much of uh how much of it is like prepper habits and how much of it is like we lived in Arizona so that's the way that it was but like my mom was like always have three gallons of water in your car And that was kind of, like, my rule. Like, I always had, like, a case of water bottles in my car if I was going anywhere.
1: I feel like that's parents, though. Like, a lot of parents do that. Yeah, it's a good move. Yeah, honestly, like, not bad. Like, what's the worst thing? Go to the library, have water in your car. Easy peasy. Happy life. Yeah, or bike to the library, have water in your bag. I should have biked. I had a bike at the time. I don't know why I didn't bike. I guess Would your tires melt or something? Was it that hot? I don't know. I'm Maybe I was standing still too much. I don't know. I don't know. My, uh, my, okay. So when I'm biking, people think it's really hot. They're like, aren't you hot biking in the summer? And no, because like, it
0: cools you down by 10 degrees, right? Is what you said?
1: Yeah. Like, oh yeah. So when I bike in the winter, I have to put on extra gloves and I put on a hat, even though it's not really even that cold. So during the summer, like I move the air around me. So I feel really good when I'm biking. It's way better than walking or like mm. standing still in the heat. And so my dad's like, aren't you hot biking? And I was like, no. Like, he, he would commute downtown. Um, like, you know, he retired recently, but he commuted back and forth for, like, like 30 years. So, he you know, in your hot tin car when you're commuting, it sucks. But I was like, no, I don't have that feeling when I bike. Like, it feels pretty good, yeah. you know. Like, when you're stopped at a stop sign or something, though, you like, the heat catches up to you. But, like, mm-hmm. it doesn't last for long. It's definitely not being in, like, a death trap of my car, you know trying to it's baking in the sun all day
0: oh so, yeah Have yeah. have ever baked uh I guess yeah that's an Arizona thing too like you can bake brownies and stuff in your car
1: oh no I it got kind of it almost got hot enough for that but you couldn't cook things yeah no. it
0: takes a while I mean like it's not like, you know like three hours or
1: something yeah oh uh, okay no I don't think it got hot enough I mean maybe it will in a couple of years but like oh I hope not Not growing up no Oh,
0: goodness. I hope that the people who are like, we're overdue for an ice age are right, and that we get, like, cold.
1: Although, I think it's important for us to acknowledge the fact that, like, we are, we have been going down a wrong path with, like, development and, like, industries have been kind of rampant in, like, destroying our natural resources and, like, the gift that the earth has given us is, like, plants and animals and, like, minerals
0: it really is, and it's like it's kind of heartbreaking to see all the devastation that um, that humans can cause in seeking uh, whatever <laughs> whatever they're seeking. You know, satisfaction, security, um,
1: comfort, money. <laughs> money. Yeah, like power. Yeah, that's why libraries, I think, are so wholesome. Like they do cost money, but then we've you know they cost way less money than other things that actually. Are harmful and so.
0: libraries provide so much value,
1: yeah. Like, um, they actually helped, yeah, help me grow a garden. So, they I gave mean, me a
0: place to perform with my gamelan,
1: right? Yeah. Uh, what is gamelan? Gamelan
0: is a Balinese, we i do Balinese gamelan, and it's uh, it's the gong orchestra.
1: Oh, that's a gong lit.
0: and orchestra.
1: So you performed at the library? Mm-hmm. That's our,
0: like, main venue. Like, we do that every year.
1: That's awesome. See, yeah, like, you can't always have that if you had to, like, rent out a space. Like, when it's free and it's, like, for the community, a lot of magical things can happen like that. And that's
0: it's, why I like it's really cool. Yeah, because then we have a music anthropologist who will present some information about it. We have the leader of the gamelan for, like, however many years.
1: Uh, Wait, is she an anthropologist?
0: Yeah. There are, oh, we, dang. There, there is a music anthropologist in, in the group. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. She's pretty cool. Yeah. Um. But then we have like uh other people in the group too that are very knowledgeable about the gamelan and where it comes from and the culture that it came from and um, they present all that information to the community and so like people get to like learn and have like this immersive experience of that culture.
1: Yeah, because the music you play isn't like Western music. It's so different. And I had, you come,
0: I had you come to a rehearsal last week. How did you like it?
1: Oh, my God. It was completely different to, from my band experience that I did in school because yeah. there was no sheet music. Um, There's no, well, there is technically written music with the Balinese
0: gamelan, um, but it's usually, uh, it's an oral tradition. So, like, you learn it by ear.
1: Yeah, and, like, so I was trying to learn it by ear and, like, copying y'all, and, um, yeah, the notes and the rhythms aren't like Western music, and it wasn't like anything I was used to, so it was, like, kind of a fish-out-of-water moment for me. Uh. Yeah, I went through that. It was so humbling,
0: like, when I first really joined, like, I, I was introduced to it when I was taking a world music class, <clears throat> and, uh, when I was introduced to it, I was like, this is so cool, and, and then I joined, and then... Like after like, the first two weeks I was just so like, uh, yeah, I was humbled because I was like, this is so hard, and I was a percussionist. Like I, I did percussion in college. Like I actually like got scholarships and paid for my education through music scholarships. And I was like, you know, I won a piano competition twice, and I was like, why can't I hit these, why can't I hit these gongs right? Oh, no, it's yeah. just like the the structure is different. Like the musical structure itself is different. Yeah. And so I was like telling myself my like vacation, you can do this. No, but it it got easier. And you figure it like you learn it and it's just really it's so cool because it's modern too. Like it sounds like this thing that's like this tradition. Like when I looked at it, I th- I had these assumptions that it was going to be like this traditional like uh, way of music. It's been around for thousands of years, you know, like all this stuff. No, they developed this in the 1950s. It's as new as jazz, you know, like it's newer than jazz. Like,
1: yeah, that's awesome. It's so different. So different. Very cool. Yeah. That was very humbling for sure. And I got kind of frustrated, but then people afterward came up to me and they're like, it's, you know, it's not always going to be this hard. The first one is harder and you'll just like learn. because yeah, and- You learn the, you learn the structure and then you're able to like learn a lot quickly. Uh, you're able to
0: learn quicker, uh, the next songs that you learn.
1: Yeah. And like what you're realizing is like this frustration is kind of like you, um, learning it with like subconsciously a little bit. Cause they're like, come back next week and you'll realize how much you remember. Cause I was like, I don't remember anything. Like they would show me the melody and, and 10 seconds later I forgot it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That happened to me when I like, Started that happened all the time,
1: yeah. And so yeah. I felt dumb, but um, apparently, that's just like how it works you know, your exactly brain is learning. It yep, it just takes a little time. And
0: it's so rare, I feel like, once you become an adult, that you're introduced to things that are so just completely different because you like get used to the world that you live in.
1: Yeah, I did. I, I felt too comfortable. I was like, after Gamelon, I was like, oh. Like, yeah, I try to, I think I learn stuff every day, but like, that's been a long time since I had done through something that made me so out of my comfort zone.
0: Yeah. And it's, yeah, yeah, because a lot of the time we're building knowledge upon things that we already know, or like the, we come from like a culture that gives us a basis for understanding, you know, and then we learn things that are important in our culture. And like, we can expand all this knowledge, but your, your core structure is the same
1: exactly and that's why we need libraries cuz we need a basis of exploration you know of you know people teaching you new things and like getting you out of your comfort zone and finding a community so yeah thank you, you know? so much
0: for bringing us back to libraries and thank you for presenting us with this information this uh this episode
1: oh thank you yeah no i couldn't have done it without your awesome storytelling and feedback so cool. That's that's i hope you guys enjoyed
0: the summary of my <laughs> the summer of my childhood <laughs> <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the stories from my childhood and enjoyed this episode about libraries and
1: thank you so much for listening in. Okay. Bye. Bye.